Good afternoon, everybody. Everybody, how are you? The Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. We're here at WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. We're real happy to be here. And this is Boston's community radio station. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Juneteenth, Juneteenth. June 19th, came up there to 300 Walnut Ave here in Boston, and let me tell you something. There were so many people there. It was a wonderful educational program. I really enjoyed the activities. Uh, I want to thank the organizing committee, uh, Jamada, Abdukalik, Henry Smith, Paula Kaur, uh Wilma Brown, E. Barry Gaither. You guys and your committee were absolutely together on this event. It was the largest event, if you will, that I can recall them having. They started over at the Dillaway Thomas House in the morning at 11 o'clock, and they had the Brother Haith there, H-A-I-T-H, who designed the, the Juneteenth flag. Yeah, they got a flag, everybody, and it was beautiful. Of course, I missed the activities, but one of my cub reporters told me how it went, and they had a parade following that, and then later on they went up to the grounds of the National Afro-American Artists facility and they um, they did it we did it it was a real collective it was beautiful I gotta say that man and I want to say that next year I hope that we have more younger people participating in the program itself you know because they are the ones that we are trying to indoctrinate if you will for lack of a better term or debrief on what it means to be an African-American. Because Juneteenth came about on June the 19th, 1867. Emancipation Proclamation was 1865, if I'm not mistaken. And two years later, in Texas, people had not been informed that slavery was over. They were still working as a captured people because they were never slaves. And the soldiers rode onto the plantations that were all around and they read the proclamation that the Confederate government was no longer able to maintain the slavery system and that they were free to go. Free to go. Free to go where? They didn't know where to go. Some of them remained on the plantation, later to become so-called sharecroppers. Others decided that they would leave, but they had no direction and found themselves stressed in a mess and trying to get back to where they were originally living. 
many went to where other people's plantations or farms, whatever they were called then, and became sharecroppers. We have a history here that is very, very important. Being a sharecropper, you worked the land and you shared in the crops so you could feed your family, but you got little uh, income from that. No, you were you weren't a partner. You shared what they wanted to share with you. Those that left and were able to get into a better place, a better space, had a little more enthusiasm about being free. Freedom is a state of mind. It's not something that you have and don't have on Monday and then come Tuesday you get it. Now you got to feel free every day. And so the Juneteenth event was to remind people that even though they said that they were free, they didn't have any place to go. And if you look at America, it is structured today. They say we're free, but we can't go everywhere. We can't do everything because of the limits and the levels of frustration set up through racist strategies. I say racist strategies. Now you're beginning to hear more about white supremacy. What is that? Where does it fit in if we are free? This is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. We'll be right back. The Oscar Michonne Family Theater Program Company welcomes those seeking to learn about theater and performance. We offer classes that bring out your talent and improve it. Want to get involved in theater production, acting, or singing? Then you can visit our website at theomtc.com. That's T-H-E-O-M-T-C dot com. What an opportunity it is for me to be here today representing veterans on the other page radio, WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station, you know, and uh, we want to thank the city of Boston for their uh, support that will allow us to perform in October, the Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program Company, we just did uh, a PSA, and we want to give you that phone number, uh, the call if you're interested in auditioning, which will be uh, June the 30th at the um, Blackstone Community Center. We will start at uh, around uh, 12.30, and we'll be there until 3 o'clock. Eight five seven two zero four five three one two. If you are a gospel singer and you want to be involved in a learning experience, the Miss Marion Anderson and Friends Project, a Philadelphia experience, for this audition, for this opportunity to learn theater, to be around some people that can show you and have fun showing you, and you have fun learning about Marion Anderson under the direction of Sister Monica Anderson Spencer. Wonderful lady, folks. And her husband is a veteran like me. And he wants to teach young people and older people as well that are part of the company. He wants to teach them how to use the technology around lighting and filming and sound. And we have Karen 
Harris, who teaches set and prop preparations for the stage. I got to step back, folks. Makia Gomez Baker, a wonderful person that did a lot politically, socially, building, helping people where she could, getting jobs, getting services, a strong woman, no longer with us. And we want to acknowledge her and her family. We want to thank her and her family for the work that she did while she was alive. We're going to miss you, Mikhail, but we're not going to stop loving you. And thanks for being a part of my life. I learned a lot from you. You helped a lot of people get jobs, and they still have those jobs. They couldn't have gotten that job without you. You did what you could do, and we appreciated you. We appreciate you and your family because all you are cut from the same cloth. We love Karen. Karen Harris, she's in our company. That's my kid's sister. Everybody knew her. She's on the front page of the uh, banner talking about her. 74 years old. She did a lot. Hey, Whittier Street Community Health Center this Saturday. This Saturday, they're going to do some things in the men's health. Got a big, big program. They're going to give out some awards. 617-427-427. One thousand six one seven four two seven one thousand. Whittier Street Community Health Center. They have services that you may need, and you can call them up, schedule yourself in. We want to thank the leadership, and we're looking forward to one of their representatives being here next week to talk about Whittier Street and the services that they provide. This is The Other Page Radio, and my name is Haywood Fennell, Sr. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Potential is everywhere. It's in every child in every community. Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Massachusetts works to transform communities by empowering, defending, and igniting the potential of youth across Eastern Massachusetts. Ensuring every child has the support from caring adults that they need for healthy development and success in life. Big Brothers Big Sisters fosters one-to-one mentoring relationships between child and adult, helping the youth in our communities achieve their fullest potential. But at any given moment, there are hundreds of children in our region in need of a caring adult role model. Do you have what it takes to become a defender of potential? You can learn more at massbaybigs.org. You know, this is the other page radio. My name is Abel Fennell Sr. And I just want to try to figure something out, you know, in my head and talk about it, you know, the school situation we are. We had a new superintendent here. I think her last name is Skinner. I think her last name is Skinner or Skipper. You can correct me if if you want to. But the problem that I see is that parents need to be more involved with their children's education. 
Parents need to be involved in their children's education and not just dropping their kids off uh, like schools are just a dumping ground. Schools can be what we want them to be when we have parents participating in the whole infrastructure, meeting with the teacher, the teacher meeting with the parent, uh, the student understanding that there's a necessary dialogue that they, when they come to school, that they're representing their parents or their parent or their grandmother, grandfather, whoever's taking care of them, their behavior has to be monitored before they go into school. Teachers can't be distracted by behavior that is not conducive to learning, and that means that the parents have to be involved in raising their children and preparing their children to learn. Just can't drop your kid off to a a school teacher and the school teacher doesn't understand the child or the child's culture. And the kid is not going to be as receptive because the teacher not knowing what to say or how to say it and not taking the time to try to figure it all out. That's not going to work. That child is not going to learn. And a teacher is not going to be able to do his or her job, which is to teach the child. Look, you have a lot of people starting these programs and uh, not enough focus on the culture of the people that they're trying to teach. Our children need to know more about their history, and they need to be able to enjoy it. And if you can't read, if you can't read, then you can't achieve. If you can't read and explain and discuss what you read and defend what you thought what you read about, to bring on that kind of interpersonal skills development or interpersonal skill development, being able to communicate with a person that you don't necessarily agree with the point that they're having without being aggressive. It's okay to be assertive, but you can't have that behavior uh, called aggressive. And that's what a lot of people do. And when they can't, you know, take over the conversation, they become aggressive. And that's ingrained in their personalities. And a lot of that could be avoided by what they are learning at home. I know there's certain things that as a child I wasn't allowed to say. But today, today, children have a dialogue among themselves that it's not shocking anymore. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad when you see how children communicate, especially around racial and ethnic slurs especially around calling each other the N-word as if it's okay. Those people on June 19, 1867, they were called that word. They used the N-word, almost every other word, to degrade, to degrade those that they were calling that as a tactic to instill fear. And yet today we use that word in friendly terms and it was never meant to be 
friendly. So we have to learn how to communicate, to talk with each other without using racial and ethnic slurs. Black people in America, you're not that word. And for other people that have slangs and ethnic slurs that you use among yourself, that's not the way that we're supposed to learn how to communicate. Because if somebody calls you something and you know that's not you and you see that it's insulting, the person that you're talking to, maybe they won't say anything, but they're going to shut down. And everything that you say goes in one ear and out the other. So nothing is achieved in turn of building a relationship. We got to build relationships. Everything all around us is falling apart when it comes to the schools. Schools are almost like incubators for criminal thought. Schools are like incubators for criminal thought. Our kids can't read on the level that they're supposed to. Parents, most of the time, don't have time. Don't ask me. That's the teacher's job. No, that's your job. Because I remember growing up. I remember having to have my homework. But now today, when you talk to a kid and you ask him or her about their homework, they say they did it at school. They did it at school, they say. So... You believe that. You can't do your homework at school. That's why they call it homework. Because it has to be done at home with the parent checking it. It all starts at home, folks. Don't expect the teacher to embrace your child if your child don't know anything about his colors, his numbers, ABCs and all that coming out the door. Then a parent will say, some of them, not all of them, because I see some parents over in the library with their kids, and when they leave the library, they leave them with books. And when they take them books home, they bring them back to the library after they read them with their parents, with their dad, with an older brother, an older sister. And we have to continue that because right now, they might know their name, your child, what day they was born, where they lived, they may know their address, what bus to catch. But after that, nope. They don't know nothing. The Oscar Michonne Family Theater Program Company welcomes those seeking to learn about theater and performance. We offer classes that bring out your talent and improve it. Want to get involved in theater production, acting, or singing? Then you can visit our website at theomtc.com. That's T-H-E-O-M-T-C.com. We want you folks. That's why we put that PCS PSA out there like that. Give me a call, 857-204-5312. That's 857-204-5312. If you want to schedule for our open auditions on June the 30th, gospel with a hip-hop mix. We want to open the stage up, and people are going to be enjoying themselves up there at that Strand Theater in October. 13th, 14th, and the 15th. We haven't got an entire program together, but rest and be assured the stages will be there. Stages. They performed their recital and invited me, and I went. Stages, S-T-A-J-E-Z. And are they good? It was recital day. And it was the final recital 
Now they're going into this summer program and awards were given out to the students and it was just a wonderful thing, folks, to see what they're trying to do or what they're actually doing and then to see them perform. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. You gotta like, you gotta like, you gotta like dance though. Because see, and with dance, dance is the only discipline that a stranger that's in the same class with another stranger and it's out of step, he could say to that person, Oh, you, you know, you're out of step with the rest of the cast or dancing group. And that person will not say anything but get in step. That's what dance allows you to do. It allows you to interact, you know, and then from that interaction and dancing together brings on a different kind of behavior that's positive and it's enjoyable. And when you see stages perform, you see how they interact on the stage and the music and everything. It's just, out, they're just outstanding. They're just outstanding. I know they got a lot of other little groups around here, and I'm going to get around to visiting you all. But look, if you're listening to this program, the other page radio, and you you wrote that date down, I appreciate it if you think about Think about sharing it with somebody and so they can come to our audition and become a part of a fantastic group of of people that want to create this community-based theater that performs uh, our history, and we collaborate, and we, we're going to be at the Strand in October. It's going to be a good time. We want to make sure that you know about it. You're going to hear about it. It's going to be on social media and all of that. So, you know, get ready, folks. That's all. You know, this is uh, our theme music that I just played again, you know, because it brings back memories that I don't I don't have. Somebody told me, and I'm able to conjure in my mind images of the words that people tell me about Duke Ellington during the Harlem Renaissance time in the 20s, early 20s, this group of people that believed that they could achieve using their talents and stages were shut down and they weren't allowed and to perform there because of the color of their skin. But at the same time, people would put a black face uh, grease on their faces and try to imitate uh, black entertainers and get paid for doing that as opposed to giving people that were African-American, the opportunity. We had to fight for that. Now, I, I said something about Duke Ellington because he was, a, he was a maestro. He was a music maker. And he was sharp, too. But he made some music that at first, because of the prejudice, they called it jungle music. And the next thing you know, you had some of those bands, those white bands playing the same music. But they didn't call it jungle music. They called it something else. But Duke Ellington, Edward Duke Ellington out of Washington, D.C., uh, kept, he kept, he kept writing. He kept playing. And so that's what my advice to you is. If you have a talent, develop that talent. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, that's not going to work. 
It's your dream. Don't let it become a nightmare because of what somebody else says. Use your own validation system. That's what Duke Ellington did. That's my Harlem Renaissance comment. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Abel Fennell. We're here at WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. Summer days are coming, folks. And the reason why I say that is because the other day here in Boston, I went to the Juneteenth celebration held at the uh, National Center for Afro-American Artists. And I saw a crowd that I was so happy and thrilled to see. It was the best and largest organized community-based event that that I have attended. I saw a lot of people that I know or knew from past experiences. and I saw people that I didn't know that were smiling. I kind of thought about the uh, Me Man March, you know, with all those people and Nobody knowing anybody, but somebody learning to know somebody, becoming friends and stuff. That was the same situation at the Juneteenth here in Boston, Massachusetts celebration. It was fantastic. And Mrs. Wilma Brown, Brownwood and E, was involved in that project, and she's a friend of mine. And Jamada Abdukalik, Henry Smith and Paula Kaur, two other friends, were also involved. And they did a great job. They had the flag over at the Delaware Thomas House at 11, the morning of the 19th. Then they did a parade. And at 4 p.m., they started the other part of the program. And I just want to thank you all for doing that. Really appreciate it, but I just want to stress the importance of having younger people there participating in the program. You know, I know that former Judge Milton Wright, he sang at the end of the show, and he always does a great job, Judge Wright, who was a member of our cast at one point in time for a couple of years. But the thing is that we need to get these kids involved. Because they're our future. They don't, we don't have anything else. You, know, you can say what you want to. But these kids, we got to embrace them, folks. We got to pull them out those traps from around that quicksand. Here today, going tomorrow. Sometimes it's here today, going today. Bullets flying, people dying. Does anybody care? You know, you hear stuff about Chicago and people getting shot in Boston. That's what we need to look at because this is where we live. And we're not going to live like thugs, whatever that means. We need to do some positive things starting on ourselves. If you can't read, ask your parents to help you. If you can't learn, Ask your parents to help you. Because if you want to earn, you got to learn. That event, uh, I was sitting under a tree, just looking, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to my friend, uh, who is a nutrition and... uh, physical fitness expert, Leslie Stafford, over at um, Burnian Hall, the um, program that sponsors Burnian Hall, Madison Park. She has a garden that's right there next to the uh, post office on Malcolm X Boulevard. So she and I were talking. No, asking about what she's doing. She has a wonderful program, but she honors a few people quietly about the work that they're doing. So up pops 
these uh, folks coming in from Nova Scotia. They were a member of the Canadian Consulate. They were there to talk about Harriet Tubman and Nova Scotia being one of the places for the Underground Railroad. That was where they ended up coming out the south or wherever they were coming from, going to Nova Scotia. And there's a, quite a few people that are the descendants of the African-Americans that went into Nova Scotia during the Civil War. And they got into a conversation with us about what they do. And we shared what we do. It was just a beautiful thing. And it wasn't about slavery. It was about a woman named Harriet Tubman who was able to convince people to come with her to freedom. Freedom. Langston Hughes wrote a poem about freedom. And my friend Tyree Brown, Brown with an E, grandson of Miss Wilma Brown, recited that poem about freedom and when it will come. So I just like to say that freedom is not yet here. It's not yet here. Now, you've heard me talk about the people on the plantations didn't have anywhere to go, but some left, but they had to make their way back to that plantation or another plantation because they didn't know where to go and they weren't prepared to go. They hadn't been trained to go any place, so they didn't have any option but to Go back to the plantation. Listen to that. They didn't have any plan that prepared them to go any place else but return to that plantation. Wow. Our children today if they don't have a plan that's reinforced by parental support, they won't have the freedom that they need to become productive, involved in their community, and later a resource. It's a lot of work to be done. And some of it is fun, and some of it is not. These are serious times now. We are not supposed to be running around with guns and shooting each other for a thrill. It is time now to look at yourself and make that decision. Am I ready to be free? If I'm ready to be free, then what am I going to do about it? Don't ask me. But I can make a suggestion. Get a book. Start reading. Start writing about that history. Start looking at the things that you could do with an education because if you don't have an education, you can't do anything. Don't tell me you don't need one, that you can be a hip-hop artist. Now, got too many of them, that's why they're shooting each other. You imagine that? Like I said, if you don't have a plan to succeed, because you don't have a plan to succeed, you're going to fail. 
we're not weather reporters here, but we know about certain conditions and the ingredients that's required to be a better person, to have a better plan, but never to be better than. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Abel Fennell. Certainly hope you're enjoying what we're talking about today. Veterans, veterans, oh man, we love you. We got word that the statue of General Edward O. Gordine is going up soon. Right across the street from Boston Police Station number two in the park that you've seen where they've been working on it to make it fitting for the statue to be placed there with all the other art. Black people going to be able to honor black veterans, African-American veterans that have served this country since the American Revolution. The statue is going up, folks. People are going to come from all over the city to see it. People are going to take trips from out of town to come see the General Edward O. Gordine statue. That's our history, not a mystery. It's coming soon, folks. We want to thank the people that were involved early on that are no longer with us. Bill Vincer, Ralph Francis Brown Jr., Benny White, and all the others that were part of this soon-to-be celebration of a statue that was designed by the late Fern Cunningham Terry and the artwork done by her cousin, Karen Uthemi. As the chairman of that committee, Hayward Fennell Sr., I want to thank my committee for sticking with it. But to complete this, we're bringing it to the community, a statue in honor of black veterans. I'm a part of that. I'm honored. I'm grateful that this community will finally see a symbol of our commitment and dedication and sacrifice for a freedom that we still do not have. But we can't stop now. There's nothing back there. We can't look back. We can only move ahead and not be afraid. They weren't afraid during the Harlem Renaissance period. People refused to let them get on the stage, and when they got on the stage, they didn't want to pay them. Now look, because of their tenacity, because of their determination, we got people now all over all over the world, even though we lost Tina Turner, we got Beyonce probably going to make a billion dollars from her tour. Remember, they didn't want to pay her ancestors. They didn't want to pay her. They didn't want to pay them. I'm grateful to be a part of the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program Company. Like I said earlier, we've been blessed. We're going to go into the Strand Theater in October 13th, 14th, and the 15th. That's why we are looking for select few. Not anybody, but somebody. Not any place, but somewhere we're going to get on the stage again and do that play revised with stages, S-T-A-J-E-Z, doing the movement piece. When you see stages, you become a believer. I'm telling you. They did that Wait in the Water piece by Alvin Ailey's group. They've danced on the stage where the Lion King is in New York and Broadway. All you got to do is want to do something with yourself, folks. There's people out there that will help you. 
Triad Veterans League. We're there for the veterans. But also, we work with the young people. We've got a veterans reading brigade. We teach the young kids how to read a history of black veterans and their contributions and the importance of what their ancestors, our ancestors, my ancestors did. They wore the uniform. They were subject to be called anytime, any place, anywhere to do war. Not make love, but to kill people. People that they didn't even know. In the name of democracy. In the name of democracy. Boy, oh boy. We don't have to do that. If you can give billions of dollars to the people in Ukraine, what can you give our veterans, especially black veterans, to rebuild their lives? What is your plan? Or do you have a plan? They're planning this Friday to do a Zoom meeting, call the city council, call downtown, and get that information. When are they going to realize that you can't continuously tell people a lie and they're going to believe it? We're not gullible. We just got a lot of patience. But the patience is running out now, and we're calling on our elected officials Friday to don't just talk about the so-called restoration of the cutoff of veterans' funds, but talk about the other things that you haven't been speaking about when it comes to veterans' services and why we need to come together as a collective Demand housing, jobs, security, query reform, because a lot of veterans are locked up. They couldn't handle themselves. And they found themselves out there running around like they was crazy. And some were. Save the veteran. Help them get back on their feet. We need them. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. I'm telling you, man, this things are going so fast. I don't, I don't know what to say, but I, I remember my granddaughter. Her name is Naya Finnell, and you know she was running up to me, calling me granddad. Six years old, eighteen, seventeen, or eighteen now. This Friday in Brooklyn, New York, she's gonna graduate. Got a scholarship to go to college. I mean, I, I, I turned my back, and she was grown. <laughs> I know a lot of y'all got those kind of experiences with the prom and prom preparation and graduation and what you're going to give them. And, but just for the kid to graduate. And, and, and like I was saying earlier, that's the responsibility of the parents. My son and his wife, they spent time with, with my granddaughter and her two sisters for them to get it. We're not quitters, we're winners. We want to make sure that they understand if they see you with them, then they'll know how important getting an education is. Don't tell your child you don't have time to do this. Go find the teacher. Teacher gone. 
soon as they get whatever time they leave. I don't think a lot of them, I don't know, so I'm thinking that a lot of them don't have the time or want to have the time to spend with our young people to help them with their math, to help them with their reading, to help them. I'm telling you, it's been a great experience. And we're getting down now, but if you're not doing anything, men, on Monday evenings, the TRS, a program founded by a friend of mine by the name of Wilbur Brown, is over at 1544 Columbus Ave, where he has a program of discussion. People that have the incarcerated experience under their belt and are trying to put their lives together, they over there. On Monday nights, TRS from like 5.30 until about 8 o'clock. Two and a half hours, man. You can listen and in that process heal because we are wounded people. Make no mistake about it. We can heal. Say, we can heal. We must heal. That's what we got to do, folks. We got to keep telling ourselves that we're not who somebody else would want us to be. No such thing as woke in my vocabulary. No, it's not in yours. I'm just glad to be here today to be a part of something. Not just anything, something. I pray a lot. I don't play a lot. I pray a lot. I don't think I'm better than. I just think I got a better plan. Like I said, we're getting ready to wrap this up now. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Hope you got something out of it. Remember, Whittier Street this Saturday, Men's Health Day. God bless you.